Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the absent Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm sorry, did you say absent? It's uh, you know, not my most favorite liqueur, but uh, one that I could get behind. I mean, I it, it definitely it's in a Sazerac, I believe, you know, which is a one of mm. my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go behind absinthe. I think I did say, yeah, I'm thinking more absent-minded, absinthe-minded. You're absent, yes. I am absent-minded, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You are very absent-minded. You know what? I kind of, you kind of are like absinthe. You know, I didn't really like you at first. I mean, I don't really remember that far back, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure I didn't. I've heard the stories about how you treated me. And, uh, And I think I probably didn't like it. And didn't like you, but you know, like absinthe, you grew on me. And I realized that while you weren't my favorite flavor by nature, that you were, you had a certain quality, a certain anise flavor about you that was disgusting yet somehow important to my cocktail experience. So, yes, you are very absinthe, Matthew. Absinthe-minded. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I wasn't really crazy about you when you came around either. Uh, the story <laughs> in our family goes, when our father came home to tell me that you were born, I punched him in the face. Yeah. So, you know, there's uh, that. <laughs> Mainly because I, I mean, they I promised did... me that you were going to be a girl. And uh, yeah. they were convinced that you were going to be a girl. And so when he came home and said, you have a baby brother... I was not prepared for that, and I bopped him in the nose. I knocked his glasses off his face. Like that's how uh, that's how I rolled back then. Yeah, I mean, I think that just goes to show that um, children are horrible, and nobody should have them. That's right, right. And you know, I don't understand how you think how you could not like me. I mean, I remember some very fond memories of us together. I remember like pinning you down and letting drool drip onto your face. I remember like grabbing you in a headlock and giving you noogies. Like these are those are just like wonderful brother brother moments. How could you not like that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> did you did you not hear the words coming I, I, out of your mouth? I, I was actually thinking of it the other day. I was I was I was at my therapist and I was having this conversation about these memories I have with my brother. And and I was thinking back all these fond memories of playing with my brother. You know, the time I fell and hit my head and had to get stitches. Good times. The time that I was racing you guys on foot while you were riding bikes and got hit by one of you. Yep, not me, um, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I realized, wow, I'm lucky I survived. <laughs> lucky to be alive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Matthew, I have an icebreaker question for you. Oh, okay. Yes. What team are you rooting for 
in the postseason this year. Why why does that have to be a thing? Like why why just because the Giants are out, I gotta suddenly change allegiances and actually like root for another team? Screw that. I'm not rooting for anybody. I don't I hope they all lose, Ben. That would be remarkable, Matthew, uh, if they all lost. The good news is all of them except one will. That's all right, the all right, good all right. news. If I have to choose, it's anybody playing the Dodgers. Right. So right now you're a huge D-Bags fan. Huge. Huge. Who doesn't love D-Bags? We all love D-Bags. Go Evan D-bags. Longoria. Go Longo. <sighs> you know who I do really, you know who I do really like? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to throw a Sarah Langs uh, stat at you. Ooh. Sarah Langs, she's uh, she's on the Twitter and she's on the MLB and she's like she knows everything about. She's amazing, yeah. And, uh, and she did a she released a stat count about the most home runs by a team in a postseason by players who were 23 or younger, and there were like five of them. And and the top five, the Diamondbacks have now moved themselves into a tie for fourth after three games. Because of Moreno, part part primarily because of Moreno, the catcher, and Corbin Carroll. I don't know if you guys have heard about this kid. Does anybody listening to this show not heard of Corbin Carroll? Yeah, let me let me tell you. Corbin Carroll, I think, was picked one pick after Hunter Bishop was picked. Uh, oh, <laughs> God. Uh, you know, the Diamondbags, the D-bags are every... I called them the Diamondbags. The D-bags are everything that the Giants are supposed to be and aren't all the way through everything, including and most especially Corbin Carroll. Like, this is who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the ones tearing down the Dodgers in the playoffs right now, Matthew. And it's the stupid D-bags. Oh, God. But anyway, I appreciate what you're saying. It's, It's whoever's playing against the Dodgers. I was rooting for I for some reason I have always liked the Rays. Um but I'm also I'm not so I'm not sad that they got beat by Bochi. I think the Rangers look really good right now. I was rooting for the Jays, but they're out because of Belt. And uh and so I think right now I I'm I'm leaning for I'm leaning for the D-bags to beat the Dodgers. And I'm leaning for for Bochi. I think there's there is a there is a school of thought though that says you should root for the team that represents the organization that you're from, right? So the NL West. You know, and, and obviously Giants fans could never root for the Dodgers. Yeah. Right. That's not going to happen. I know I know some of you are out there and you do that cuz you I don't know how you twist your logic to make that work, but I just want you to know that's wrong. It's wrong. You never root for the Dodgers. Ever. 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 It's okay to root for nobody, though. I get that. I get that. Anyway, today is Sunday, October 8th, as we record this podcast. The Giants went 0-0 and this week because they're not in the playoffs. And no, we haven't forgotten. And no, we're not over it. Let's go look at this. No, that's what we usually do. Well, I, we were so, oh, oh, look, I have here in the notes the postseason review, but I think we kind of did it. Let me see in here. Oh, I got some notes down here. I wrote Belt is out. Belt is out. And you kind of alluded that it was his fault. I mean, just because he went 0 for 8, 
with like like six <laughs> strikeouts? You're saying that's his fault? Uh, he did not. He did not have a good showing. But you know what? He wasn't the only one, and he didn't get picked off of second by one of the greatest baseball players in the game who called the play. <laughs> who's just a winner? I heard something's wrong know. with his ankle, though. So that's. Oh you know. yeah, no, he, he he broke his ankle ten years ago, Matthew. So he sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and he had a bad season this year, and it turns out it was only a mediocre season. It wasn't bad. It was just mediocre. But it wasn't superstar. But if you had put that mediocre season into the Giants' middle infield, they probably would have made the playoffs, and then he'd be making those kind of plays right for them right now. And I don't want to say any names about who that might be, but Bob. I wonder how Carlos Correa is doing these days. (laughs) He's winning, Bob. He's effing winning is what Carlos Correa is doing. You know the thing that the Giants can't do? that be Carlos Correa right now. And yeah, he had a mediocre offseason. But you know what he's doing right now in the postseason? He's being a winner. Because he's a winner. Yeah, he's uh, 8 for 15 so far in the playoffs. He 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 was the he was the man today, but he was also the guy who called the play that that got uh, Guerrero picked off in the in the game against the Jays. Uh, you know he's 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 also reminded everybody before it. You know that's what Gray said. That's <sighs> fine. It's fine. It's fine. That ankle is going to blow up in seven years, Matthew. After he right. wins two MVPs and three World Series, it's going to blow up. And then everybody the, that that doctor, that nameless doctor, whoever that a-hole is, will be vindicated. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm look, I wouldn't be this angry if they hadn't made the playoffs. <laughs> Aren't the Giants looking for a manager or something? They, they are. Yeah, uh, we've we've definitely gotten some more information this this week about uh possible giant candidates and uh-huh. uh and including Are, am dark i on horse. the list am i on a, the list a dark am horse, I the dark that, horse? yeah you're a dark horse uh candidate uh do you want to like share who you think might be a, a potential candidate oh my candidate my candidate i thought you were talking about me uh yeah i, I have a you, theory you're, you're not a candidate <laughs> i'm not a candidate that's i mean i'd be as good as cap uh, I can also not talk to people and hide in my office. <laughs> hey, that might be my man- actual managerial style. <laughs> you would definitely have the whiskey cart. <laughs> I can definitely have a bar cart. <laughs> and I can definitely tell everybody that I'm smarter than them. And I uh, can definitely not talk to my... <laughs> you definitely got to clean that beard up, though, dude. Gotta clean that. That's true, but you know what? I have a I know a good barber who could do that for me. Anyway, yes, I have a dark horse theory, Matthew. I don't know if you know this, but last year a certain team got knocked out of the playoffs by another certain team. Pop, what do the Padres do? The Padres are gonna Padre. That's right. And last year the Padres Padred the Dodgers right out of the playoffs and Dodger nation knew exactly who was to blame. Clayton Roberts. Oh yeah. Right, right, right. Dave Roberts. (laughs) No, that, that is true. That is true. But now they're down. Oh, one in a best of five series. 
against you know but it wasn't the just D-backs. down to one it's not like they narrowly lost this game i mean it was they, no they it wasn't humiliated. just down they they I got mean, humiliated they got annihilated 11 to 2 and i was thinking that matthew if the if the d-bags beat the dodgers in this round the stupid dodger nation might run dave roberts right out of town and I say right. what we send is our, we send in the San Francisco Giants security forces, we surround Dave Roberts and we extract him and we bring him right here to San Francisco. Bada bing. We've got one of the best managers in the game. Dave Roberts is now on the list. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I would need some time to process this. Uh, no. <laughs> but, uh... What are you we'll talking see. about? What are you talking about? He owns... A business with Rich Aurelia. He's a former giant. Like, he's like also he's a just, he's Dusty Baker, but in reverse. Won. He's Dusty Baker in reverse. Okay? Uh, and, yeah, and, you know, and arguably a better manager than Dusty. Although Dusty did finally win the world. I could be convinced, I guess. I'm just saying if Dave Roberts were suddenly available because, uh, because a stupid team made an emotional decision. Okay, they're not a stupid team, but a team made emotional an emotional decision that we shouldn't just ignore it. But no, right. obviously that's a joke, but it's not that big of a joke. <laughs> but it turns out another guy who was not likely to be available, turns out is definitely not available. That's right. AJ Preller basically said that Bob Melvin's back next year. So all yeah, the people who were yeah. hoping for Bob Melvin, uh, you know, a former catcher from the Padres coming to save the Giants, uh, that's not going to happen. That is correct. But you know who else kind of came up this week? Who else came up this week? Former giant great, forever giant, Pat Burl. So when uh, Farhan was doing his postmortem uh, press conference in the dugout last week, he, uh, he started it off by saying, oh, by the way, I was uh, just on the phone with Pat Burl. And uh, that got people thinking, like, Pat Burrell, like, he could be a, maybe a dark horse managerial candidate. And, and and you know, it further came out that the Giants are really looking, you know, as Farhan said, that they need someone that will be a good recruiter of free agents. And, and really kind of made it sound like that that was a problem before. And, and, and what I, and, and. And just reading now some of the stories and all that, it sounds like Gabe Kapler, shocker, is not the most personable person uh, when it comes to wooing the uh, the free agents. But what I think is funny is that Farhan doesn't strike me as being somebody that's going to be like just kind of connecting with all the free agents so so closely. I, so I just thought it was funny that like we're all looking at uh, at, at Gabe Kapler as the reason why that uh, free agents are finding it awkward, you know, to, to come to the Giants when there's two people in that room. <laughs> Matthew, um, have Let you ever tell seen you about the bear? This, uh, yeah, have you have ever you seen, seen the bear? Exactly. <laughs> How about Ted Lasso? Um, Can we talk about Ted Lasso? Yeah. Uh, so um, also um, the, uh, the, the main thing that fans want is to win. And, and, and when we win, they will come. 2021 <laughs> notwithstanding. That's right. Uh-huh. This is me carrying the room. All right. So, but I mean, when you start now talking about maybe guys like Pat Burrell, by all accounts, is a great guy and uh, has the the charisma and the 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 player credentials, I think, uh, to maybe be a really good candidate. 
I mean, you know, forget the little minor fact that he's never managed before, but uh, maybe you bring in somebody that's a little bit more experienced to be your bench coach. And then then that's your guy. I don't know. But uh, kind of in the same way that we were talking about Stephen Vogt. And uh, I'm actually kind of excited about the Stephen Vogt candidacy. I think that that could be a good one. I think I think a former catcher, you know, is even though he's never been a manager, uh, he's made no secret that he wants to continue coaching and his goal is to be a manager someday. And again, by all accounts, a, a really great guy and has recent giant connections. And I feel like that could be a really good, uh, good, good segue from from Kapler to uh, the future. I agree. I mean, I think Pat Burrell is kind of out of left field, but the fact that Farhan likes him so much and that he's somebody that he already has a relationship with, and I think therefore would, and kind of probably isn't on everybody's shortlist for any managerial job, I think that kind of negates the whole concern that we voiced last week, which is like that how how hard is it going to be to hire managerial candidates when Farhan only has one year guaranteed on his contract. And, you know, and I was thinking about that a little bit. And I was thinking, you know what? There's only 30 of these jobs out there. And you never know when they're going to come open. I think we're probably making a bigger deal out of that than it actually is. Because Agreed. I think if if that's the offer that you get and that's the only offer that you get, then you're probably going to take it. Because if you sit back and wait for another opening next year, which if there's going to be, what, three or four, you might be doing yourself a disservice. So it's probably not that big of a deal. But I think Pat, Pat Burrell would be a guy that nobody else is really looking at. And I think I think Vote is a guy that everybody else would be looking at, but probably would shy away from because of his lack of managerial experience at any level. But, you know, I'm actually not that worried about that. I do... I do know that I, you know, I don't, we talk about this a lot, like how important is a manager? And it's really funny to me because it seems to be that everybody says a manager's not important at all, but it's completely and totally important. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I get it, right? Cause they don't play the games like, and how hard is it really to fill out a lineup card? You know, but the thing is, I think a manager can make mistakes that cost you games. I don't know that they do a lot to win you games in particular, unless you're like somebody really savvy like Bruce Bochy. And that really opportunity only really presents itself when you're managing it against somebody else who's making mistakes that you're countering and you're kind of outperforming. But generally speaking, I think managers can get you into more trouble tactically with during a game than they can help you during a game. Yeah. And and so, you know, hopefully, yeah, you would put somebody around him that could help him, you know, stop him from making a, a, a strategic mistake repeatedly, and, you know, particularly say something around how you use pitchers. I think that's usually where managers get themselves into trouble is they 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 end up liking a guy too much or they like a particular, you know, scenario too much and they keep making the same mistake over and over again. And the next thing you know, they've cost you three games and that could cost you the playoffs. But nonetheless, I think we're looking for a culture guy and a recruiter more than we're looking for an X's and O's guy. And as much as I didn't like the fact that Kapler wasn't a good X's and O's guy, I still think that's the right decision. Yeah. Well, and I think Stephen Vogt also would be probably be really good with the younger players. Uh, and one, one thing that I thought was interesting when I was looking at his baseball reference uh, page is that his First year in the majors, he got eight, played 18 games for the Tampa Bay Rays in 2012. 
He he had 27 plate appearances, never got a hit. Uh, he had a negative 76 OPS plus. <laughs> well, you know what? He's probably not going to get a hit for the Giants either. Well, and but I but I think that 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 experience probably you know could really lend itself to. Uh, relating to the struggles that young players have. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Casey Schmidt, did I ever tell you about the time how I went O for an organization? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. And then, like three seasons later, he was he was a two time All Star. You know, so you know, just that in itself, I think, could really kind of bring some credibility to the younger players and an ability to connect. So, I, I I think the more I think about Stephen Vogt, I think the more I the more I like that candidacy. But uh, I'm sure it'll be somebody we've never heard of is what who Farhan eventually ends up bringing in. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be telling. I think we're going to learn whether Farhan has turned a, a new page or not. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't wait. But apparently, it's going to be in three or four weeks, Matthew. Three or four weeks. Here we go. All right. Well, it's probably time for the trivia question. Let's uh, do it. So I'm going to just shoot it in here, right here. This has to do with maybe future manager Pat Burrell. Maybe. What high school did? Forever Giant Pat Burrell graduate from. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 It's not Watsonville High. I know that's what you're thinking. It's not Watsonville High? Mm. Mm. I'm going to go with Woodside High School. Woodside. Okay. That's, yeah. Well, how did that one just jump into your head? I don't. No. Oh, I do know, but I'm going to explain it when we do the answer because okay. I think I think I think if I give the answer now, it might steer people in a certain direction. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. All right. Well, we will find yeah. out if Ben is right or wrong. I mean, he's most likely s- wrong, but uh, yeah, we will, I will find say out this. at the end of the episode. So Yoshi Shinjo, Rickard Fernando, and Kevin Moss, none of them went to that high school. No, none of them. None of them. <laughs> Isn't it time for the booze, boys? Yes, Bob. It's it's time for the, for the booze. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even remember whose turn it is. Uh, Bob, whose turn is it? What are you drinking, Matthew? Ah, well, thank you, Bob. Uh, well, I am drinking an apple cinnamon old-fashioned. Uh, just another trip down the autumnal uh, recipe book. And taking my very favorite template and tweaking it to fall. So the apple cinnamon old-fashioned has two ounces of bourbon, about a half to three-quarters of ounce of apple cinnamon demerara syrup, which was homemade, one dash of orange bitters, and three dashes of black walnut bitters. And you add all those to a mixing glass with ice, give it a nice stir for about 30 seconds to chill and dilute, and strain it into a rocks glass with a large ice cube. Express an orange peel oil over the drink and drop it in the glass and add yourself a nice Luxardo cocktail cherry. And that is what I'm drinking. The apple cinnamon old fashioned. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Thank you, Bob. It really is. And I will say that if you want to know more about the syrup that I made, uh, listen to Thursday's happy hour episode and you can learn more about that. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Bob, I do need people to go back and listen to last Thursday's episode about the cocktails because that was more of a baseball episode than those episodes usually are. 
right? We started those Thursday episodes to move the cocktail talk over there. And for the most part, we keep it to cocktail talk over there. But Bob, it's it's October and the Giants aren't playing. And I'm bitter. And I went a bit off the rails. And I'm just starting my whole month of bitterness because the Giants aren't in the playoffs. And I started talking about it over there on Thursday. So if you want to hear more about that and the month of bitterness, then you got to go listen to Thursday's episode. And I know how Matthew is always like sunny and, you know, sunshiny and how he's like, you know, this bad season will just make us better. And, and with the Giants made the playoffs in our hearts and, and they're always good and everything's good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, that's what you That's what you said. It's just verbatim. And, uh, you know, I know he says those things like that, but you know what? I want to point out he's also bitter about it because he subconsciously made a cocktail with orange and black bitters in it. I did. Boom. I did. Yeah. And, and totally yeah. subconscious. I am sure that that was, uh, yeah, I think I was, I was expressing my bit, my bitter. Yeah. You were letting it out know. because even though you, you're so, you're such a, you know, you're such a, you're such a happy guy. You're an optimist. You know, head in the clouds kind of guy can't accept the fact that the Giants are just totally broken right now. You had to let it out some way, and it was subconscious by doing that. Anyway, Bob, I'm drinking the Rob Roy, and it has two ounces of scotch and three quarters of an ounce of sweet vermouth and two dashes of Angostura bitters. You add a brandied cherry for garnish. Um, I talk a lot about sweet vermouth, um, which I don't like, just like I don't like the Giants being in the playoffs. And that's why I'm drinking the Rob Roy. I don't like it, but I appreciate it. I appreciate how it makes me have to suffer through something that I don't like. But some people might like it. It's a very spirit-forward, and it is a classic cocktail. If spirit-forward classic cocktails are your thing, drink the Rob Roy. That's what I'm drinking. Thank you, Bob. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. Not really. No. Not really, Bob. Not, <laughs> Not really, Bob. No. I mean, to me, to me, it isn't. Yeah. I mean, just some. Yeah. Just some. I think, yeah. Maybe Bob, maybe Bob's a bitter guy. Maybe he just loves it. <laughs> Bob doesn't strike me as a bitter guy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No. It's probably. A... I'm trying to find a way to segue into it, but I'm not, I can't find it. So I'm just going to say time for the awards now, Ben. Yay. Right. Oh, here, That's here we right. The Rob hmm. Roy is not going to win any awards in this household, but you know what else will the, the giant francisco the giant giant you know we, we talked about this you know we've been promising this whole awards thing and mm-hmm. and frankly not really sure the giants deserve any awards but uh you know we wanted to put a bow on this last season and maybe kind of recognize some of the uh the efforts and the players that uh, we got to see in 2023 uh yes. so I, I think we should start off with the year of the rookie uh, we mm-hmm. saw like 132 rookies this year, I think, was the number. <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah. official number was 132. <laughs> yes. So I thought. So I thought. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I could look it up, but it was a lot. It was like at least 12, I think, rookies this year. And uh, some we will uh, never yeah. see again. Some some we will never see again. Yeah. Cal Stevenson, we will never see again. <laughs> Cal uh, Stevenson, we hardly knew you. I might not want to see some of these guys again. I was going to say, like, Brett Wisely? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, I think Brett Wisely, 
he could surprise me and be decent, but I, I, I was not. We all know I was not on the bandwagon. Not since the day he, not since the day he hit those two home runs in February. <laughs> like, just no. But anyway, we had a lot of rookies, and not all we of did. them were Cal Stevensons and Brett Wiseleys or Cole Waits. Some of these guys really made a positive impact. Some of them for a short period of time and then petered off. Some of them were good throughout the year. Maybe not what we wanted. And then some of them showed up and maybe we didn't see of them as much as as much as we wanted. But there were a lot of positive um, rookie performances this year. So the question is, who's your rookie of the year? Matthew. Who are you? Rule five draft D Blake Sable. No, no, just kidding. No, no. I I mean, I don't. He does get recognition for being the only rookie that was on the roster the entire year. But he was a rule five draft D. So (laughs) kind of there was an extra incentive there. Yeah. Yeah. He he was forced to be on the roster the whole year. But the fact that he played well enough to actually stay on the roster because most rule five draftees, you know, just suck it so bad that they get sent back to their team and you never hear from them again. But Blake Sable uh, was not that, that bad and got better. I think, especially catching as the year went on and ended up uh, being a pretty solid bat from the left side, uh, especially for a backup catcher. And so I'm not arguing him to be my rookie of the year, but he certainly warrants a honorable mention at the very least. I will say this. I I really did not like Blake Sable as a catcher. I really didn't like him when he was our second catcher to somebody like um, Joey Bart, right? Once Bailey came in and established himself and Sable was our backup, I really felt like he was not a great catcher, right? He had a number of catcher's interferences to begin the season and, you know, his his blocking and pass balls were all suspect, but he really did get better. And he did make up for it on the offensive side of the ball, and he also had versatility in that he could play the outfield because that was his original position. Overall, his wins created sorry, his weighted runs created plus and his OPS plus were below average, right? But remember, that's average compared to all major league baseball players, right? Yeah, this so, guy had never played above double A. I mean, you know, right? So. And fifty percent of major league baseball players are going to be below this number, right? You know, these <laughs> right, are fifty percent right. of the people who deserve to be there, right? They deserve to be major league baseball players. Half of those people are going to be below average. That's the way it works. He was in that lower 50% in both of those things, but he had a positive B-War and he had a better, even better F-War. B-War is baseball reference. F is fan graphs. They have different defensive ratings. Fan graphs really liked him. And his, well, Fangrass uses uh, pitch framing, I think, in their uh, wins above replacement. Right. Baseball reference and, does not. Right. So. And he was pretty good at pitch, pitch framing. And so he had a 0.7 war on fan graphs, which means he was a 0.7 wins better than a replacement player. And quite honestly, like when you're evaluating like somebody like Blake Sable, he is kind of a replacement player level, right? That's where a rule five draftee probably should be, or even slightly below that. So I think, I think overall he really outperformed and really he got tired 
I think, in late July and August. But you did see a resurgence for him in September. So I think he's a great addition to the team. I think the fact that they were able to carry him the entire season, which now means he is a giant, and they can option him now. So welcome to the option train, Mr. Sable. Get used (laughs) to being in Sacramento for 10 minutes before returning to San Francisco because that's probably going to be your life next season. Unless they they do something with Joey Bart, but there you go. So I, I think he's a great pick. I don't know that he's the rookie of the year, though. No, I, I, I say that just because, you know, I've been on the Blake Sable bandwagon all year and I felt obligated to to give our boy uh, Blake one last hurrah. But uh, I mean, as impressive as he's been, I mean, there were a couple of other candidates that were probably a little bit more deserving. Uh, the one that comes to mind immediately is Patrick Bailey. You know, uh, another Obvious. catcher shows mm-hmm. up uh, and, you know, looks like Buster Posey. Uh, both uh, both hitting and defense. No, 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 no. We're not supposed to compare him. Like everybody, so like, I've listened. I've listened, and I've read all the blogs. Rule is that like that's I don't know. it's 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 Pavlovich's rule. It's Cole's rule. It's Ben Caspic's rule. Are they on this show? I don't think so. It's Susan Slusser's rule. Oh well, that's she's I think one. I, she's Marty Lurie's rule. I even think yeah. Kruger said we can't do it. I oh, think Kruger everybody. Just suck it. I see. Yeah, I said. I think everybody says we can't compare him to Buster pa- Buster Paley. <laughs> Buster Posey. Patrick Posey. <laughs> Kurt Manwerton. Oh, no. Uh, we can't compare him to Buster. Well, so, it's yeah, probably but, not fair, but we were we were all thinking it there at the beginning and and he fell off a little bit offensively at the as the year got on. He admitted that he was running on fumes at the end of the year, so maybe there tired. was that. Uh but uh but I think definitely showed us that he was the catcher for at least the immediate future uh, and possibly for many years to come. Uh, defensively, the guy was amazing. And, and you know, he he had a lot of errors, which, you know, OK, uh, you would like Especially to not see him end. throw yeah. balls into the outfield as often as he did. But he also threw out base runners uh, often more often than pretty much any catcher uh, after he arrived in the majors. So. So I, I think that that he was definitely one of the brightest spots of the rookies who showed up this year. I agree. I think uh, I think he's the, he's the answer. I, I think he provided a splash, but then he also maintained that splash, especially on the defensive side. When it comes to wins above replacement, um, Fangraphs thinks he's by far and away the obvious guy. Um, I don't know. I think we have to throw a couple of other names out there before I'm going to commit. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a name mm-hmm. that actually has more wins above replacement than Patrick Bailey mm. and is definitely my, my rookie of the year this year. I think I know who this is because you must be talking about B-War. Baseball reference uh, war? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think this Ryan is- Walker. Uh, who showed up early in the season as just another little cog in the bullpen and ended up uh, being a integral part of the bullpen, both in the opener's role after Brebbia went on the uh, disabled list and uh, also just you know had some a wicked, wicked pitches that uh, he had that crossover delivery that just kind of freaked out right-handers and uh, 
yeah, I, he was somebody that I think is now going to be entrenched in our bullpen for years to come and was uh, a shocker. And and he was the one rookie that nobody really ever talked about. No. Uh, and, and I just want to give him his due. I think he was the Giants rookie of the year this year. You know what? I'm going to agree because he was on the roster the full year and they used him like he was a veteran. Right. I mean, he was that guy that they put into the opener role a lot, which means he probably should have been he probably should have been your early innings emergency guy. He probably should have been the guy who came in to put out the fire if you're going to keep the, you know, seven, eight, nine traditional roles. Right. I think Walker was could have been that guy that came in to put out fires. uh, And I think he had the poise to do it. And I think because he was there the full season, you know, yeah, I agree. I I think and because, you know, he did he did have his ups and downs, especially there towards the season. He gave up that had one game where he gave up two home runs. But but beyond that, like a couple of bad outings, he never faltered. So, yeah, I agree. I think Ryan Walker is the Giants rookie of the year. I know everybody else out there is going to be like, oh, Patrick Bailey, you know, um, but but yeah, but I do want to give a couple of honorable mentions if we can. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I do want to mention Kyle Harrison, not because I felt like he was rookie of the year and he absolutely dominated like consistently, but he had a couple of amazing outages. I mean, uh, performances. I think he should have been with the team sooner. I think he got screwed by Farhan, and then he got screwed by the injury that he had while he was, you know, in still in AAA. I think he should have been with the team maybe on opening day, quite honestly. And then he probably would have been maybe a real contender for Rookie of the Year. Um, But also Keaton Wynn, who kind of, I think, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he was one of many names that we all kind of knew and heard, but really established himself, especially at the major league level. And then there's that guy that uh, that AI Ben knew was great from day one. I wasn't a believer, but my alter ego <laughs> AI Ben really believed in this kid, Tristan Beck. Yes. And uh, Tristan Beck was consistent. He got knocked around a few times. And I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think he's right now, you know, he's I think he's he's definitely in the top five. Right. He's a guy who should be considered for your starting rotation next year. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think his ceiling is a middle of the rotation guy. His low end is, you know, fifth fifth starter. And I think that that's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the guy, uh, you know, showed that he's a major league pitcher. Yeah. And I don't want to forget the one guy who came in and kind of threw the team on his back for a few weeks and it's probably the main reason why everybody thought the Giants had a chance is Casey, Casey Schmidt. I know he really fell off a cliff, but he did rally there a little bit in September. I think he got a little bit of that second wind and I think demonstrated that, you know, there he might be able to do this on a longer, he might be able to perform the way we saw him initially. Um for a full season or maybe he might turn into a Brandon Crawford who's always good with the glove but occasionally have flashes of brilliance at the plate which you know hey we wouldn't hate that would we no Uh, so I do want to throw a shout out to him definitely not rookie of the year but I do want to call out that that he really did come and provide a shot in the arm I think when the Giants really needed it we probably didn't know it but they probably really needed it then (laughs) 
perfect. I loved his story. I loved it. And I, I hope that he's able to rebound and, and come back and be an integral part of the team next year. Uh, fun fact for is that he actually is from Chula Vista, uh, which is where I bought my first home and lived for 10 years. Uh, and actually, I'm looking at it while I and was there. And you coached there, him in Little League. I, yeah, I did not. But the oh. Little League Worlds, uh, Chula Vista actually won the American, you know, the Little League World Series while uh, while we were living there. And I'm wondering if Casey was on that team. I have not heard that story, but uh, he would have been about that age. He would have been about those uh, the years that they were. He doing probably wasn't really good well. enough, Matthew. He probably wasn't on the team. It probably wasn't. <laughs> probably wasn't a team uh, because you were coaching and you don't know talent. Yeah, I actually had not not coached Little League uh, when I was in. I, I I watched from afar, and it wasn't until I got to uh, the next uh, my next town that I started coaching. So what you're saying uh, to me is, Matthew, you had nothing to do with Casey Schmidt's rise to fame. I had nothing to do with it. I just, I, but it's fun to kind of know that uh, that maybe I saw him in the Little League parade, or maybe I saw him at the at the uh, the ice cream store. You know, I mean, those are kind of cool. You know, anyway. Casey Schmidt, future Hall of Famer. That's right. Future Hall of Famer, Casey Schmidt. Uh, yeah, is there an, I think that's it. So so we agree. Ryan Walker is our is our rookie of the year. Yeah, well, we didn't mention Kyle Harrison. Um, no, I mentioned him. I mentioned him. Oh, did Kyle. you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't listening. But uh, Kyle Harrison. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Kyle Harrison, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I feel like if the if the if the Giants weren't going to show like like their confidence in him that he probably wasn't the rookie of the year. Remember, he got sent down uh, for a little while right in the middle of the of the pennant race. The way so. that Farhan Zaidi treated Kyle Har- Harrison this year is complete and utter BS. You know, oh, he's going to be on the team this year. He's definitely going to make an impact. And then, then, you know, we don't see or hear anything about him. And then they're like, oh, no, he's coming soon. And then that's when he hurts himself. Then he finally gets here, has some great outings, has a couple of not so great outings. And they're like, oh, he's got to work on his mechanics. We got to ship him out. He's not good enough. And uh, and then Let's they bring do... back Ross Stripling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They brought back Ross Stripling because 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 Kyle Harrison wasn't good enough. I think that Kyle Harrison got jobbed this year. And, you know, kudos to him for not saying or really even acknowledging that. You know, he just did what they asked him to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he was a little bit derailed by Farhan. So another thing to thank Farhan for. Um, but, no, I mean, a guy who didn't get jobbed by anybody because he was consistently good because he never gave them an opportunity to, to, to not, to not trust him was Ryan Walker. And that's why he's the rookie of the year. Yeah. So now we got to talk about team MVP. Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, I, I know that you really wanted it to be Jock Peterson, but, uh, Hey, nobody, plays Pusoy Jack. <laughs> that's right. He's the he's the Pusoy MVP <laughs> of the season. I thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> no, I, I just uh, there are a few candidates though uh that we should probably discuss. Uh I don't actually I haven't made up my mind to this. So maybe our discussion here is going to educate who I'm going to vote for. But I think the first person that comes to mind is Logan Webb. Logan Definitely Webb, uh, Cy Young candidate, 
definitely one of the leaders of the clubhouse at the end of the season. He was the one that was basically saying there's something wrong with this team. And I I feel like he's the one that kind of got the ball rolling on Gabe Kapler being uh, being let go. Nobody wants to say it that way. And nobody wants to say it that way because 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 Logan did the right thing. He did. He did the and right thing. And he should, thing. though, because he's the only one that signed beyond next year, like yeah. on this whole roster. This is Logan's and team. so it's his team, right? He's like, hey, man, I got to be here. I've, I've committed to this team. This is not right. And yeah. he said something. And uh, and I think that that was, you know, if nothing alone, that's MVP kind of work right there. Right. And I think he also knew that this is not the team that Buster and Madison and Brandon and Brandon and Boach built this is not that team this is not what i saw when i was you know hanging around as a minor leaguer prospect on my way up or when i first got here that is this is not that team anymore and something is broken and so he knew it and he's also got the talent he is the best baseball player on the team he's the best baseball player on the giants like you know i'm not saying he's the mvp per se for this year but like Pound for pound, he's the best baseball player the San Francisco Giants have. And for him to also stand up and take that stance, I, I think was brave and and right. And so, but yeah, and yeah, I think he got the ball rolling on that. If he doesn't speak up, things might go a little bit differently. I don't know that they go any different. Like, I mean, Kapler might have gotten fired after the season was over rather than before. Yeah. But I agree with that. I totally agree with that. All um right. The other thing I will say about him, though, also t- led the majors in innings pitched. Yeah. You know, Snell is probably going to win the Cy Young Award because he did barely enough. He did barely enough, but when he was doing it, he was amazing. Logan Webb, he's a horse. Yeah. He's old and proud, school. proud of it. Yeah. And he is old school. And, and I think that that's, uh, he actually allowed what the giants did from the pitching staff to happen. I mean, he was reliably taking the ball every fifth day and the bullpen didn't need to get involved. He and, gave the bullpen chances to rest. Yeah. And so I think, you know, very, very important in that respect as well. Uh, but another player that kind of was a low key free agent extension this last year, uh, Wilmer Flores uh, had a career this year and you know, I'm I'm tempted to vote for Wilmer just because I love the guy so much. I mean, he's just such a professional. He's such a low key, just like he's just going to put his head down and do the work. Old school player. One of the leaders of the clubhouse that we learned as well. Um, I just I love the guy so much. And and the fact that he led the team in home runs and just was uh, everything the Giants needed uh, at, at different times during the year uh, makes me makes me love him. And I think that uh, definitely considers an MVP vote. You know, I keep asking this question, like, whose name should I put on the back of my jersey? Mm-hmm. And I'm really making that comment from an entertainment standpoint and from a star standpoint and like who the average fan should look to the Giants and say, who are their studs? And Webb is definitely one of those guys. Right. Yeah. And we've also said Camilo, like the, the problem is with closers is they're a little ephemeral. You, you don't know how long they're going to last. Right. With any particular team. But honestly, you know, putting Flores on the back of your jersey as a fan, like that, that's, that's a great name to have on the back of your jersey. And I think if you had that 10 years from now, 
Everybody would look at that and nod with respect and be like, yeah, good giant, good name, good jersey. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and he he carried that team. He was the offense this year, right? From beginning to end. And and he even got lost a little bit in June. Like, Gabe Kapler wasn't playing him. And you know what? That's why Gabe Kapler got fired, because he didn't play Flores for two weeks. <laughs> and now they probably didn't need him for those two weeks because they were actually scoring. That was probably when Casey Schmidt was doing his thing. It probably wasn't, but it feels like it. Well, it but, was when uh, uh, J.D. Davis and all them were playing really well. And right, so there was they right. were having a hard time finding spots for him. Yeah. Right. And 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 it was OK. I mean, that's because the Giants were playing well then. Um, but no, I mean, he carried the Giants this year it, without Wilmer Flores. I don't know. They probably lose like four more games. You know, like, I don't yeah. know that that's what his war says, but I think if you probably go back and look at his offensive output in certain games, especially in July and August, there are probably a number of games where you could say if Wilmer Flores wasn't here, the Giants lose these games. And and he was literally the only, you know, as I was, I would have the game on, right, always on television, right? But I wasn't always paying mm-hmm. attention. Sometimes I'm cooking dinner, I'm cleaning, I'm working on some project or whatever. But whenever Wilmer came up, I stopped to watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what you expect out of your MVPs. I, you well, have another, I'm, looking, uh, I'm looking at his 22-23, uh, comparing 2022 to 2023. He actually played in 151 games last year. And which he was more played than in 120. Year. And he yeah. played 126 this year. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Uh, and batted 229 last year and 284 this year. He thanks, was a 101, 101 OPS plus last year, 136 OPS plus this year. But Matthew, so we you're needed missing, the platoons. You're missing 25, 30 at bats, or you know, 100 at bats, basically that he's missing from last year. But Matthew, we needed the platoons. I know, I know. Yeah, what were we gonna do? We had to find a spot. He for... only hits 270 against righties. <laughs> Yeah, they they needed you know Brett. Wisely so we needed a we needed a guy who was better against righties than he was against sorry against yeah against righties than he was against lefties. Even if that meant he sucks against both, and that's why Wilmer didn't play. Now I know it wasn't that simple. It was actually more complicated than that. But you know Wilmer is a guy who probably should have played every day. And who knows if he did, we might have won a couple extra games. Probably wouldn't have been enough to get us into the playoffs though. Yeah, the other MVP candidate uh, consider is Tyro Estrada. And, you know, again, a guy that uh, is kind of under the radar. What I thought was interesting is that he played excellent defense at second base this year. And that was a question mark going into the year for him. And so not only did he play excellent defense, but uh, also had a really great offensive year as well. And, uh, I mean, it just he got hurt a couple times, but... Uh, would have been, he had a really great year and uh, I don't know where the Giants would have been without him and just and I think back to when we got him and he was supposed to be shortstop depth behind Crawford that we bought yep. for cash you know and just for him to become such a, a stud major league player is uh, is really great to see well he only got to play because Tommy Lastella was non-existent. It's really interesting. Like, like one of Farhan's greatest achievements is Tyro Estrada. And the only reason that he got a shot and was able to demonstrate 
his his abilities was because of one of Farhan's greatest failures <laughs> in Tommy Lestella. Uh, no, I, I mean, I think Tyro, you know, and, and the fact that he also stepped up and he was one of the first guys to call a team meeting at the end of the season when things were falling apart. Um, you know, I, and I, I also believe that he was one of the reasons why Wilmer didn't get to play as much because believe it or not, Wilmer is a second baseman or was once. Yeah. Um, I think we would only prefer him at the corners or DH these days, which makes makes him hard to put into the lineup when you have a team full of those kind of guys. But I, I believe that Tyro was, um, you know, he was a big part of the offense for a huge part. And we really, really missed him when he was gone, right? Because the middle infield was absolutely barren. Well, and I mean, he, he actually ended the season with a 101 OPS plus. Uh, so, you know, he was but he was so much better than anybody else we put out there at second base that the 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 contrast was was stark. Uh, Indeed. So I don't know who's going to be your MVP, Ben. <sighs> mm, I'm going to go with Logan. Yeah, I am, too. Uh, as much guy. as I think the other two, but uh, just he checks off all the boxes. This is Logan's goes. team. And yeah. and he was the stud. He went out there every day. The team never scored runs for him, and he considered it a failure when he lost two to or one to you know by one run, and they lost one to nothing, right? Because yeah. he gave up that yeah. run, and he competed at such a high level, even though his team sucked, and he knew his team sucked. Um, yeah, it's Logan Webb. I really liked what Wilmer did, I, and I think Tyro is you know he's a he's a He's a piece of the Giants for years to come, but no, nah, it's got to be Logan Webb. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, we're getting to the end here. I uh, do want to just knock off a few things really quickly. Um, just a little, maybe a little lightning round. I think it's interesting that the buy teams uh, started day one, one and three, and through day two, where just the AL played, are two and four. <laughs> Uh, these are teams that had five days off and had the ability to line up their rotation exactly how they wanted and have their number one guy come out versus teams that had to go through a three game series, um, which is, you know, uh, extremely daunting. And the teams that came out of the three game series won three out of four on day one and then won another game on Saturday and are absolutely dominating. That's just, does it, you know. I don't know. You told me that it's like baseball is the only sport where rest actually hurts you. It's really, really right. interesting. I think, that, I think, you know, baseball players get into a groove and, and when you don't see pitching for a little while or, you know, I think that's uh, it's a little bit harder. And so I, maybe the, that time off is a great equalizer. You know, it's not it's not the uh, the plus that they make it out to be. So but interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to keep following that. And I think, you know, over over, you know, we'll see how that affects players or teams uh, in future years too. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think we can't, we can't talk about the postseason without talking about Clayton Kershaw and his uh, <laughs> one third of an inning pitch, six runs, six hits. Hey uh, baby, that's just Clayton fiasco. being Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. want to thank, thank Clayton because I tweeted out a photo of him and his stat line and said, this never gets old. And it is now our largest <laughs> viral tweet to date with over 28,000 views. It's uh, so there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of Dodger. Hey, a lot of Clayton Kershaw haters out there, which I, I love. It makes my heart sing. So. A lot of people hate the Dodgers other than Giants fans, Matthew, believe it or not. 
I, I, yeah. yeah, Astros fans, I'm sure, also were really enjoying that, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Astro fans can go F themselves, but, um, f- and they know why. I'm sure they the Dodger fans let yes. them know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, it's interesting, though, for Astro fans who aren't listening, it turns out the Dodgers believe that everyone cheats. That any time the, the Dodgers lose, Dodgers fans think it's because the other side cheated. I didn't know this until I went reading a bunch of their old blogs and like stuff. Yeah, they think that everybody cheats to beat them. So it's not just you, Astros, even though you really did cheat. I mean, you guys are cheaters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Clayton is no Madison Bumgarner, as you have written right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's, uh, yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw will go down as one of the greatest uh, regular season pitchers of all time. And yeah. uh, and I just, you know, it makes you th- like... One last question for you, Ben, before we wrap mm-hmm. this up, go to the trivia question. Uh, would you rather have Clayton Kershaw's regular season career or Madison Bumgarner's postseason career? I think that's already been established, Matthew. The Giants have three World Series rings, two of which. Well, I mean, Madison was in all three of the s- series, right? Yeah. And so uh, and and we don't get the the ring against the Royals without him. So no. I would much rather have Madison Bumgarner's career than Clayton Kershaw's for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, I think it's time for the trivia question answer. Uh, if you recall, future giant manager, Pat Burrell, uh, graduated from what high school? And I didn't say where it was from, but it is a Bay Area high school. Uh, Correct. What Bay Area high school did he graduate from, Ben? Oh, you want me to answer? He graduated from Bellerman Prep. Which I did actually know. I did know that because uh, that's actually a, a famous uh, a private school that people go to from the county that you and I grew up in, Santa Cruz County. A lot of them yeah. go over the hill to go to that school. And so so we, we're we very familiar with that school. And then you and I were also big track and field athletes. They had they had a very strong track and field team when we were running. I don't know yeah. if they still do. And it was a big kind of a little rivalry. And I actually took great, great joy in beating them. Whenever we ran against them, we definitely beat them. They were not as good as us when I was yeah. doing my thing. Um, but, but I always thought of them as bougie and from one of those rich places. I mean, this is the kid that grew up in Santa Cruz. Whatever. Everything's relative, folks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, look, all the kids around me were rich. That doesn't mean I was rich. That's right. My, yeah. That's right. Anyway, point is Woodside High. I just remember running against them, especially in cross country. And that I don't know. It just popped up into my head. You know, they're on the peninsula where it's like Woodside High School. Is like one yeah. of these, I want to say know, they're orange and black, aren't they? I think, well, I remember orange and is that white. Los, is that Los Gatos I'm thinking of? I don't yeah, know. You're thinking anyway. of Los Gatos. That's Los Gatos, definitely. They were orange and white, as I remember. It was Woodside High. Orange and white. But uh-huh. anyway... Nobody here listening to this cares about that, but that's why nope, I picked nope, Woodside. Nope. All right. Well, looking ahead uh, next week, I'm drinking the Tender Knob, which what? I will talk about on Thursday, and it's you not better. as dirty as it sounds. It and sounds dirty. Uh, Ben's Ben, what are you drinking on on I'm Thursday? Drinking the classic spirit forward and very bitter. At least to me, Manhattan. But don't worry, I give it love. I give it respect. I'm gonna give it All love. Right. I'm gonna give it respect. So show up on Thursday. And- all right. And then looking forward to next week on the Giants podcast, we are gonna be talking about what players would you get rid of to totally overhaul this team? 
because yes. we can't bring but we can't run back the same team and expect different results. So some changes got to be made and Ben and I are going to do our best to try and figure out where those changes would be. If we were Farhan, what would we do? So folks, this is your chance to yell at us instead of Farhan. Not as fun. And more fun. To yeah. Yell at and you know what? You know what? John Boy did this over on the Yankees things, but he actually got Aaron Boone on his show because, you know, John Boy and Aaron Boone was not having it. Aaron Boone was very upset by the question that that mere question. So it turns out that turns out that Aaron Boone is an a-hole who doesn't understand baseball fans whatsoever. So if you're if you're if you're eager to hear about other teams that are in turmoil and suffering just as much as we are, go check that out. It's pretty fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, Don't forget to uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. We will continue to offer content through the offseason while many of our fellow podcasters take like lots of time off or jump on just when things get interesting. But we're going to keep it going at least for the next uh, month or so. And then we'll uh, we'll figure out maybe maybe a break a little bit. But uh, but for right now, we're going to be doing every week. So come on and subscribe and, and join us every week. Uh, also, don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us a good rating. That would be very much appreciated. Uh, and uh, follow us on the social medias. Like I said, uh, Twitter is, or, or the X, I guess, Twitter. I'm gonna Twitter, Twitter, formerly Twitter. known as Twitter. Yeah. Uh, at Giant Cocktails on Instagram, Twitter, Mastodon, and Threads. So find us there and uh, you can see all of our recipes and uh, especially on X, we'll, we, we, we like to banter back and forth. So give us a follow there. All right, Ben. Well, it's been good chatting with you until next time. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Goodbye. Goodbye, my baby. Goodbye, my darling. Goodbye, my hot song gal. I just drank a full glass of sweet vermouth. I'm going to totally edit this to make myself sound smarter.